Welcome to Love's Last Call with Evangelist Carol Ann of Agape Light Ministries. Please open your hearts to hear an anointed message that will encourage and empower you to walk in the love and light of God's Word. Beloved, in our last podcast message, we addressed the blood covenant and how the sacred and heavenly contract, which was made between the Father and the Son, and ratified by the Holy Spirit, is the foundational guarantee to salvation's eternal life promise. Today, by way of continued reminder, we are going to expound on the glorious benefits our awesome Savior and Lord Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ, has accomplished on our behalf because it is the very empowerment of divine strength we so desperately need in this very critical time in the earth as the prophetic word of God unfolds before our very eyes. Every day, updates cross my desk as prophetic teachers who are credible in their devoted research of biblical prophecy and highly anointed to recognize the current event precursors that are strategically lining up with pay-attention urgency echo each other by way of Holy Spirit confirmation. The latest newsworthy event that is charged with biblical significance is the Israeli-UAE peace agreement. Britt Gillette of End Times Bible Prophecy recently offered a follow-up to this current endeavor where he writes, In recent decades, no area of the world has been home to more conflict and ongoing animosity than the Middle East a cauldron of ethnic, political, and religious clashes that many believe will be the spark that ignites World War III. Central to the region's conflict are Muslim hostility toward Israel and disputes over control of Jerusalem and the Temple Mount. These are the exact events the Bible says will happen in the last days. The scriptures also foretell that Jerusalem will be like an intoxicating drink or cup of trembling that makes the nearby nation stagger. And that is precisely what we have seen. The reestablishment of Israel in 1948, which in itself was a prophetic fulfillment, led the neighboring Arab nations to declare war. In the years that followed, Israel fought no less than four conventional wars with its neighbors, and since then has spent every moment preparing for an all-out war. For all of its 72-year history, the Arab nations of the Middle East have viewed Israel as a mortal enemy. The lone exceptions have been peace treaties with Egypt in 1979 and Jordan in 1994. Yet despite those treaties, many of the citizens of those two countries remain hostile toward the Jewish states. Is that changing? Some say it is, and they point out recent events that promise to transform the Middle East. One of those events took place on August 13, 2020, when President Trump announced the Abraham Accord, a peace agreement between Israel and the United Arab Emirates. The Abraham Accord, as it has been dubbed, is notable because the UAE is the first Persian Gulf state and only the third Arab state to establish full diplomatic relations with Israel. 
Ultimately, the agreement promises to build deeper cultural, economic, and military ties between the two nations. Diplomats claim the agreement is a template for establishing a new era of peace and prosperity in the Middle East. Less than a month after breaking news of the Abraham Accord, President Trump announced a similar peace agreement between Israel and Bahrain. Like the UAE, Bahrain will establish full diplomatic relations with Israel. And if that wasn't enough, in between the UAE and Bahrain deals, Trump brokered another deal that led Serbia and Kosovo to recognize Jerusalem as Israel's capital. But while the appearance of peace in the Middle East stirs many to sigh a breath of relief, the Word of God gives a stark reminder that while they are saying peace and safety, then destruction will come upon them suddenly, like birth pangs upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. And as though right on cue, Iranian's President Hassan Rouhani threatened the United Arab Emirates and Bahrain with the warning that they will be responsible for the consequences of that decision. In early September, Iranian Supreme Leader Allah Khamenei accused the UAE of betraying the Muslim world, the Arab nations, the countries of the region, and Palestine by agreeing to normalize its relations with the Hebrew state. The president of the Palestinian Authority, Mahmoud Abbas, had spoken along the same lines. He said in a statement that there will be no peace, security, or stability for anyone in the region without the end of the occupation and without respect for the full rights of the Palestinian people. And of course, on another front, the COVID-19 fiasco continues with new evidence, or at least new to those who did not have this discernment from the beginning, that the coronavirus was created in a lab with the intent purpose of infecting humanity. The testimony of Chinese viralist Dr. Li Manyan states that China made the COVID-19 virus and intentionally released it to cause harm to the rest of the world. It could never come from nature, Dr. Yan, who is an MD, PhD, who worked with coronaviruses at the University of Hong Kong said, there is evidence left in the genome which Yan detailed in a 26-page scientific paper, co-written with three other Chinese scientists. They don't want people to know this truth. Also, that is why I got suspended from Twitter and why I get suppression. I am now the target that the Chinese Communist Party wants to disappear. When asked why she believes the virus made its way out of the Wuhan lab, Dr. Yan said, I worked in the World Health Organization Reference Lab, which is the top coronavirus lab in the world at the University of Hong Kong. And the things I got deeply into, such as the investigation in secret from the early beginning of this outbreak, I had my intelligence through my network in China, who were involved in the hospitals, institutes, and also government. Together with my experience, I can tell you, this virus was created in a lab. Now, while surely there are many conspiracy theories that are making the circuit, and deciphering between what is real and what is fake news has become quite a challenge, there is a definite reality that is being revealed on the landscape of Earth that cannot be denied, even though many are purposed to ignore it.
and that is that all the signs Jesus told us would indicate the end of the age and his soon return are happening right here and right now. Wars and rumors of wars, famines and pestilence, days of Noah debaucheries and rebellion, lawlessness, immorality and idolatry that have been unmatched since the prophet Noah preached to a world ready to be destroyed because of its gross wickedness and rejection of the God of all creation. And that is why it is critical that the Lord's true church, meaning those who have legitimately been born again from above, to be re-established in our confidence as the blood-bought children of God. We need it for our own steadfastness and courage provision as the enemy wars violently against us. And we also need it to be a constant equipping reminder that we are called to be his witnesses in the earth to those who are still trapped in the prison of sin's death and held hostage to Satan's lies. For unless they too enter into new birth covenant relationship with the Savior, the Father will never accept them into his heavenly kingdom of eternal life. Jesus made this holy and mandated stipulation very clear. In John fourteen six, he decreed that, No one comes to the Father except through me. And as we revisit the blood covenant ceremony we covered in our last podcast message, and its profound symbolism of the blood covenant we have with our Savior, along with my promise that we would next move on to Jesus as our representative, allow me to please pick up with a covenant kingdom commentary. The representative is essential when a covenant is entered into between more than two people. Covenants can be entered into either by individuals or by groups of people such as families, tribes, clans, and so on. When a group of people are prepared to enter into a blood covenant with another group or individual, they will select a man from among them to represent them in the covenant making. This person becomes the substitute for the entire group. This type of covenant making between groups was very common in what we know as Bible days, mostly for protection. When a weaker group entered covenant with a stronger group, the stronger group was bound by the covenant to protect the weaker group. The representative is one who stands in the place of another as an heir or a substitute and is authorized to act or speak on the behalf of the others. This person must be enough like the others in the group to serve as an example or type of the group members. He must know the needs and desires of those he represents, for he speaks as and for them to the other party of the covenant. The representative had to be of the same blood as the family or group he was representing and was known as the guarantor of the covenant. It was his duty to see that all the promises and terms of the covenant were kept. In our next podcast, we will address how our beloved Savior, the living Word who became flesh and dwelt among us, identifies with our weaknesses while standing in our stead as our perfect heavenly representative before the Father in His judicial requirements in holiness. For Jesus was tempted in all things, and yet He sinned not. Until then, and as always, beloved, I bid you His agape.
You've been listening to Love's Last Call with Evangelist Carol Ann of Agape Light Ministries. If you'd like to receive a CD copy of this message or you have a prayer request, please contact us at Agape Light Ministries, P.O. Box 6313, Chesterfield, Missouri, 63006, or via our website at www.agapelightministries.com. Again, that's www.agapelightministries.com.